When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, coming up, we have stories about updates, updates, and more updates. Get excited for that. Not moving, cheating spouse regrets, divorce being the best option, blended family drama, breaking promises, losing a spouse. Yeah, it's about to get more uncomfortable than a class reunion up in here, so stick around. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder with another Reddit story for you. This one is titled, Am I the astronaut for refusing to move into a new apartment with my boyfriend because it'll mean I have to pay rent? I, 23 female, live in an apartment I inherited from my late dad. It's fully in my name since he and my mom weren't ever married or even in a relationship at all, and he didn't have a wife or other kids. He passed away during peak COVID, and I moved into the apartment full-time last year after graduation. The apartment was in a different city to my university, so I couldn't live in it while I was in university. I met my boyfriend when I moved to this city. We've been officially dating for just over a year, and everything is great with him. Things are getting pretty serious, and he suggested moving in together. I was totally on board because I get lonely living on my own and ask him to sleep over so often. He's at my apartment for a lot of the time anyway. I just assumed that he'd be moving into my apartment with me so he won't even have to pay rent, but he sent me links to apartments that are already in my area. Why for? I had a conversation with him and asked him why we couldn't just live at my apartment. He said he wouldn't feel comfortable living in a house that's completely mine and he has no say over it. I don't know how to feel about this, but I feel like I should be throwing a red flag, so I'm going to do it. He said if we rent a new place together, then we can have an equal say in it. I got where he was coming from, but I was honest with him and said there was no way I was moving out of this amazing apartment that I lived in rent-free just to move into some other apartment in this same area and have to pay rent. I said legally he would have tenant rights if we lived together, and I won't ask him to invest in home maintenance or renovations since that's my business. He still wasn't satisfied and said he still wasn't comfortable and was just looking out for himself. He suggested I can rent the apartment out and use the rent money to pay my half of the rent of our new apartment, but I don't want to be a landlord. I have a full-time job and absolutely no interest in dealing with all the shit that comes along with being a landlord. Hear, hear. After a lot of discussions, I said that since we can't agree, it's better that we just don't move in together and see if we can compromise later down the line. He said he's honestly hurt that I can't be bothered to put in any effort for us to live together and that I'm coming off materialistic to be so attached to the apartment to the detriment of our relationship. All right, you're getting the official red flag for that one, you brozo. Yeah, he's going to get a brozo award too. We've been kind of at a weird, awkward place in our relationship now, and I just want some kind of perspective, I guess. Am I the astronaut? Top comment here says NTA. It doesn't make sense for you to take on additional expenses to placate his insecurities and empower his need to control. If he decides to move in, then make sure you consult a lawyer before. Yup. Okay. NTA for OP here. This is a ridiculous request and him trying to gaslight you into, um, you know, it's, I'm hurt. I'm hurt that you can't even, you can't even be, be be bothered to put efforts into our relationship you know it's only going to cost you you know like what you know four or five hundred bucks a month to uh to to pacify my insecurity that's not too much to ask is it yeah it is you prozo <sighs> if the roles were reversed here there's no effing way he would move out none there's no way 
He wouldn't do it. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for anyone to do that. He's afraid he's going to get emasculated by moving into a place that she owns outright. Dude, you wouldn't have to pay rent. Do you understand what that means, man? It means you would rather pay, I don't know how much, let's say up to $500 a month. You would rather pay 500 bucks a month than live in a place for free that your girlfriend owns. Somebody's not secure in their masculinity. Not at all. Someone is not secure with their masculinity. They feel like they have to have some kind of position of power. Maybe it's not even that, though. He feels like he has to not be in a position of, of, of someone else having power over him. And maybe that goes back to something earlier in his life. No idea. But it doesn't matter. It's a red flag for this relationship, and it's a signal to things that are going to happen later on. So you know right now... He's got to feel like he's in control. He's got to feel like he's the man for this to always work out and for him to be comfortable in this relationship. Well, it's not always going to work out like that. And if you're a true partnership and a true couple, as you move through life, you have to have the flexibility for one of you to take a step back while the other is naturally taking a step forward. And he's not going to be comfortable with that. So this means, let's say you get a massive promotion at work someday after you get out of school. Like, let's say things really start going well for you and maybe he's struggling. What's home life going to be like when you're pulling in more income than he is? When he's relying on you to pay the bills? He feels emasculate. He's going to be grumpy, moping around all the time. This is, this is a problem. This is a bigger problem than just the apartment. I think you did the right thing by saying, nay, nay, I'll stay. Maybe we can compromise on this later on. I would say keep an eye on how this plays into other situations, even small things. Pay attention to how he is, how guarded he is with his masculinity and see if it, um, if, if it is a toxic thing that is going to affect your relationship later on, because I think it is. This is the first of many. We'll see what happens. I mean, this is a no brainer. And if you're going to pull this shit with a no brainer, the tough things later on are going to be that much tougher. That's an assumption, though. I would just keep an eye on it. I would say to keep an eye on on how this filters to different situations and see if it's consistent. We gave him the brozo. Where would you put him on the scale here for refusing to do this? Uh, I mean, he's an idiot. So a brozo ask on to probably makes sense here. I don't think it's a malicious thing. It is a self-destructive thing. And he's going to find himself alone because he's going to put himself in this position where he has to be the man and has to be the provider, but in, in, it's not going to work out like that all the time. So every time he hits a situation where he can't be the provider, he's going to, he's going to self-destruct. And I don't know, you know, it's going to take a, a particular kind of person to stick around for that shit and to put up with it over and over and over again. <laughs> Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another Reddit story for you. This one is titled, My wife told my AP I'd rather be an 80-year-old me than a 20-year-old you, and it haunts me every day. My wife and I were high school sweethearts. We are both 40 and have been together for 25 years. We have two children together, five and six. For the past five years, I have thought that we are together because we basically grew up together. I met my now girlfriend, 28. I know I'm 12 years older, but I met her at work. She is beautiful and attractive, and I thought she was this new change I wanted. Instead of breaking it off with my ex and doing the right thing, I cheated and I got caught. My wife was so gracious about it. She didn't want us to be together anymore. This was a year ago, and I left our house and rented an apartment. We have yet to start a divorce, although I don't want to. Neither of us was talking about it. My girlfriend, however, is not so happy about this, mainly because I left her big house that was originally my house to my wife and our daughters. I inherited it from my grandparents, and it is worth a fortune right now. My girlfriend means that this is my family home, and for me, yes, it is. My family is living there, but my girlfriend meant that when we got divorced, my wife would have no claim to the house. Three weeks ago, my girlfriend and I were dropping our daughters with their mother, and my girlfriend went against my wishes and started talking to my wife about the house. Oh boy, you got all kinds of red flags going on here. My wife was confused and said that the house was hers and her daughter's, and she looked at me all confused, but my girlfriend told her that it was mine, and it was time to move on. My wife then said that my girlfriend should put her nose in other people's business. 
Girlfriend became angry and said that my wife is a hag who is bitter because she's old. My wife smiled and said, is your age your only redeeming quality? Because that won't last. She said that she'd rather be an 80-year-old herself than a 20-year-old version of my girlfriend. She wasn't angry or bitter. She isn't old either. She's 40 like me. I'm so old, according to my girlfriend. She's very beautiful too. I don't know what my girlfriend was thinking. I felt so ashamed and angry with myself. My girlfriend was immature and embarrassing. I've been unhappy for months now, but if I broke it off, it means that I have hurt my family for nothing. That's the only reason you're staying. My wife called me the next day and said that maybe we should start talking about divorce. I broke down crying the moment we ended the call. Now, every time I see her, I want to be in her arms and cry. Just thinking about 80-year-old her with 80-year-old me beside her. The way we envisioned ourselves every time we saw an elderly couple holding hands or kissing, and we thought this would be us too. I realized I'd rather have an 80-year-old her than a 20-year-old anyone, but I have messed that up. Okay, hold on. Okay, Candy Thunder included the top comment for us, but what the f***, man? The only reason you're staying with your girlfriend is because you feel like you have to because you made this decision and you have to stick by it now? That didn't keep you in your marriage. You changed your mind about that. So because you chose to hurt your family, you feel like the only choice you have is to continue hurting them, not to try to make amends and fix things. Solid logic. Solid, solid logic. (laughs) Top comment here. Top comment here is, how's that midlife crisis working out for you? You do know that your girlfriend is a gold digger, right? She saw dollar signs and went after your old ass. Your wife is also correct when she said there's nothing else your girlfriend has other than her age. You made the mistake of betraying your family. Don't make the mistake of staying with her. Oh, yeah. She's definitely a gold digger. And that's what I meant when I said you have all kinds of red flags going on here. She saw the house. She's pissed off because she wants the dollar signs attached to the house or wants to be in the house. And uh, and apparently that's a big part of why she chose to be with you. So she's going for it, man. And here you are just sticking to your guns like, oh, this is what I decided. I guess I better stick to it. I'd like to slap this boy around. It's, it's a resongulous. I don't understand. I don't I don't I don't understand. That's the part that I don't get about this. There's this hypocritical thing, or maybe he feels like because he, well, he did say because he inflicted all this damage, that's why he feels like he has to stick with this. But, but dude, like making the wrong choice doesn't mean that you have to stick with that choice forever. Just like you made vows, you got married, you didn't stick with that choice forever. And this is, this is the one thing that you should change. You don't know if your wife is open to recon- reconciliation. You don't know that. And, and now even less so because your girlfriend went and just blew everything up. There could have been something there that has now exploded. But it would be a good start to have a conversation and be like, look, I've been sticking this out for a long time. Not because I want to, just because I made this terrible decision and I have to stick with it. I don't want to be here. I've wanted to be home for a long time. And see what your ex-wife's reaction is. Or your current wife, really. You guys aren't even divorced yet. See what the reaction is. I mean, you're an idiot, obviously. You got the Brozo Award. I'm going to give it to you again because uh, making the choice in the first place, just randomly, like I needed some new exciting change. Yeah. Okay. That worked out real well for you. Uh, But now sticking it out because you did damage and you feel like you have to is even dumber than making this decision in the first place. You would be, I can't say that you would be shocked and surprised, but... But I am shocked and surprised how many second chances there are out there from people, right? I'm so surprised how willing people are to give second chances. Your, your ex or your current wife has not moved on. She's not dating anybody, right? She's not seeing anybody else. Nobody else has moved into your house. Maybe she was waiting to see if you just, if this whole thing blew over. And yeah, you've got a lifetime of, of groveling to do. You're going to have to make up for this for the rest of your life. But wouldn't you rather do that than just deal with the hell that you're in right now? He's in this form of purgatory where he's like he's chosen hell and he's uh, he's stuck in between and just doesn't know what to do. So he's just letting the world burn down around him. Not usually the right choice. Not usually. We're going to bring up the scale here and talk about it a little bit. This is tough because obviously he has remorse for this. He has regret. He wants to change things, um, but thinks he's powerless to do it. And uh, he's an idiot for making the decision that he's made, but he's a bigger idiot for sticking with it when he doesn't want to. I feel like he knows that he's an idiot. He wants to make things right because there's this ray of, there's this this glimmer of hope in this story here. I, I hesitate to put him on one because I don't think he's evil. What he has done to his family is obviously idiotic, 
but he has a chance to make things right here. And maybe he's at a one and he has a chance to walk back from that. Maybe that's the best explanation. Your penance could be making it up to your family every day for the rest of your life. Wouldn't you rather have that? Yep, I'm going to do it. He is a full-blown Ascon one brozo idiot right now. But he has the opportunity to change that. And I think it's an important note that we need to continue hammering in here. Ascon one and being an asshole is not a permanent title. I mean, for for me, it is. Apparently, I'm I'm a, I'm a permanent Ascon three kind of minimum. And I just fluctuate upward from there. So, you know. But this is situational. He can make amends for this. He can fix things. Girlfriend is for sure an Ascon one. We can do that for shizzle. Girlfriend doesn't care. She's scorched earth. She's going Khaleesi here and just burning the whole village down, even after she got what she wanted. Uh, yeah, she sees King's Landing here, and she's like, burn them all. Um, but he has the opportunity to walk this back. He has the opportunity to fix it. He's out of one right now. Just his wife, the fact that she hasn't moved on yet, gives me hope for him. But he said at the end of the phone call, he broke down in tears. So he got that phone call with his wife when she said, okay, it's time to start really talking about divorce. And he didn't speak up. He didn't break into tears on the phone call. He waited until afterward. I agree. He thinks he thinks sticking with AP is his penance, which is ridiculous. Trade that penance for making it up to your family for the rest of your life, you idiot. Not saying they'll take you back, but it's worth a shot. <laughs> Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder with another Reddit story for you, and this one is an update to the I found out my friend's husband is cheating on her, but she still believes his lies. And this one created a ton of discussion because I, I remember I, whenever I read the original story, I couldn't, I like, if I was in this situation and my friend was being cheated on and we proved that she, that he or she was being cheated on and, and they were immediately like, no, I don't believe you, I disown you. Um, but only did that with a partner there. I'd be like, okay, there's some, there's some control going on here. And I, I feel like I can't leave my friend in that situation, but, but the overwhelming feedback was step back, let it play out, get out of the business. I'm like, man, that would be so difficult. Let's see what happens here. All right. I checked my email after a long weekend and found a ton of Reddit messages. People were asking for an update and sending me a link to a TikTok post from a guy who reads stories. Was it me? Was, was it, was it me? Was it me? A lot has happened since I originally posted, and I'm going to do my best to give you a short version and also answer questions I saw in the comments. Answers. Why not show her the location details on the images? Obviously, I did. I showed her all of the details, the location, the timestamp, everything. That was my first stop after I left her house. She saw the screenshots of the details but never responded. Why didn't you FaceTime her? It's 2023. Yeah, I understand, but I've also never spied on anyone. I was nervous, I felt ridiculous, and I just wanted to get out of there. I assumed the pictures would be enough. I didn't FaceTime her because I honestly just didn't think of it. Now to the update. After I posted here and talked to my boyfriend, I decided to give my friend space. Damn it. I mean, maybe that's the safe thing to do, but damn it. We went the longest we had ever gone without talking to each other. Six days. I hated every second of it, but I felt like it was the best move. Well, she eventually reached out and asked if I could come to her house. Of course, I went immediately. When I got there, I saw my friend, but she didn't look like my friend. She looked like a shell of her former self. We hugged, and she told me exactly what was happening. Her husband is apparently the king of emotional manipulation. When I went to her house after work, she knew that I was telling the truth and she was pretending to believe her husband because his initial reaction to the cheating accusations scared her. I was right! Called it. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn or nothing, but called it. I guess there was a lot about the relationship that I didn't know. He has actually cheated before and Claire discovered it, but he repeatedly told her how much he loved her and how no one can ever love you like I love you, baby. I mean, I know that's like the least red flag thing of this whole story, but I'm red flagging it. No one else would want her if she left him because she would be divorced and disgusting. After going through her parents' divorce, she wanted to make her marriage work and ultimately decided to forgive him. I knew none of this, and it makes me incredibly sad for my friend. How did I not see this happening? I just never saw it. They always seemed so happy. She always told me everything, and I never had any reason to suspect that she wouldn't. He spent the first two years of their relationship madly in love with her. But about six months after they were married, the emotional manipulation started. 
Her outfits weren't classy enough for his office, so he didn't want her to attend his work events anymore. She needed to make sure her hair stayed a certain length for her to be desirable to him. If she spent too much time with me, he would ignore her for days. He would purposely tell her how much he found other women attractive. There's more, but he is basically a disgusting waste of space. He never threatened to hit her and never physically harmed her, but the emotional damage he inflicted on my friend is going to be hard for her to overcome. For those six days, she pretended to believe him. She played her part well enough. Then he was officially out of town for business the next four days. As soon as his plane was in the air, Claire reached out to me. I helped her pack what we could fit into our vehicle. I held her hand as she contacted her attorney and started the divorce process, which she did from my phone because at that point I had no idea what her husband was monitoring. We moved Claire into the guest room at my house. Her brother came over later that night and I helped her tell him everything. When her soon-to-be ex-husband came back and saw that she was gone and the note that Claire left with her attorney's information, of course, he came straight to my house. He yelled outside, pounded on the door, and demanded to talk to his wife. My boyfriend told him that Claire did not want to speak with him and asked him to leave. He wouldn't, so yes, the cops were called. They took statements and escorted him off of our property. He came back again the next day, and we immediately called the cops, and they were not nice the second time. Since then, everything has calmed down and he hasn't returned. He is, of course, smearing her reputation to all of their mutual friends. It bothers Claire, but I feel if they truly knew her, they wouldn't believe his word over hers. Their attorneys are officially communicating, and hopefully the divorce doesn't take long. Claire seems better now that she is out of this situation, but I don't think she'll ever forget the way she was treated by him. Thank you for providing feedback and advice. Truly, I'm not sure if I'll update again, but if I do, hopefully it's to tell you that they are officially divorced. Dude, um, yeah, so glad we got this update because this one has been haunting me for a while. And Candy Thunder and I would discuss this too and be like, after my feedback, where I'm like, I couldn't let it sit. Like, I, if I if I knew, and by the reaction, as a reminder, or if you didn't hear, hear the story the first time, after the friend came with proof, the wife believed her, her bestie believed her. And then uh, she came back again because she couldn't get a hold of her friend. Her friend wasn't answering anything, and the husband was there standing with her. And that's when she said that she didn't believe her and to get the hell out and to not call her anymore and that kind of stuff. So she would only have this united front when her husband was standing right there. And that felt like complete manipulation. And that would that just raised the alarm bell for me even higher. And I would be like, as as a friend, I wouldn't be able to let that lie. I'd be like, they need me even more now. I understand my meddling. It increases the danger of the situation. But I feel like I would I just couldn't leave someone in that situation. So um, she gave her space and I'm happy for that. But I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad her bestie reached out and they actually were able to move this ball forward because it was exactly what we thought was happening here. Going to bringing her to your house, OP, um, my first thought there was. I don't know if that's a smart decision because that is the first place he's going to going to go. But with your boyfriend there, um, at least you had some kind of, of additional protection in place. He was pounding on the door. He was trying to get inside. Obviously, uh, that's a scary situation. Glad you called the cops. Glad the cops showed up a second time, too, and were not nice about it. There's probably going to be some kind of protection order in place, but he hasn't done anything. I, I don't know. But I know that this is going to take a long time for her to heal, and I know he's probably not done trying to control her. So I would just say... Keep her close and make sure that she's openly communicating everything with you because she wasn't before. And it is vital, vital moving forward that she is completely open with you because he's going to worm his way back in somehow and try to be the puppeteer again. This is making my eye twitch. I can feel it. It's a scary situation. She had to be with someone. I'm not saying leave her alone at all. No, no. She had to be with people. But but being at the friend's house was like, that's first stop. But as long as they had some kind of protection there and they had a way to prevent him from from getting to her, then cool. But I just knew it was going to be her, his first stop. Like, what's the first place he's going to look at? Course. <sighs> this was a true off my chest, but it was I found out my best friend's husband is cheating on her, but she still believes his lies. And, you know, what, OP for being there and uh, and ultimately, you know, giving her giving her friend space, but not so much space that she couldn't reach out and get the ball moving on this whole thing um, is huge. So being that person and, and for all of you that have been that person for someone else that's there to help get them out of those situations, like it's huge. It's a huge, huge deal. And there's so many people in chat right now, like took me 17 years to leave, took me 10 years to leave, took me five times. Wow. It's just, it's too common. This is way too freaking common. And, and for me, I think the, 
the big takeaway from this is be that person. Be that person who is abundantly clear to someone, to your your bestie or your friend who you think might be in this situation, that they can be completely open with you, that if they're in a tight spot, they always have a place to stay, a safe place to stay, uh, and that that you will help them whenever it's time to get out. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder with another Reddit story for you, and this one has an update. Title of this one is, Am I the Astronaut for Telling My Uncle to Stop Gifting My Daughter Extravagant Trips? Original. So a little backstory, when my sisters and I were kids, every year for our birthdays and Christmas, my uncle would give us cards. Inside those cards would be a printed out picture of someplace. For example, local theme parks, the zoo, an aquarium, museums, any place a kid would love to go. After we opened them, he would tell us that we were going to that place. He would say things like, it's going to be the best trip of your life. That would obviously make us very excited. Here's the thing. We never went on any of those trips. We never went to any of those places. Damn it. How did I know this was going to happen? I don't even know if my red flags went off, so I'm doing this. As a young kid, it would be disappointing. But after a while, I started expecting it and just going along with it. I don't hold any animosity towards him at all, obviously. As an adult now, I understand that he did that because he didn't have any means to buy us gifts. Here's where I'm starting to have a little bit of an issue with it. My daughter's fifth birthday was last week. My uncle gave her a card. She opened it to find a printed out picture of a theme park about two hours away from our house. And he promised her a fun weekend away. He promised her things like a giant hotel room with a swimming pool, all the snacks she could ever want, and tickets to every show she wanted to see at the park. She was over the moon. For the past week, my daughter has talked nonstop about this trip. She keeps telling me how excited she is and how excited her whole class at school is for her. It breaks my heart to look at that smile on her face knowing it's not going to happen. I remember how disappointing it was for me, and I didn't want her to go through that. So I texted my uncle. Here's what the message said. Hi, your message in, daughter's name, card was so beautiful. Do you think next time you could leave out the promise of an extravagant trip? The thought and gesture is amazing. However, I never know what to say when she asks me when this trip will be. She absolutely loves spending time with you, so I know the promise of even a nice lunch together would make her so happy. He never responded, but my aunt told me he was upset. She said something like he was offended that I implied the only thing he could afford was a nice lunch. I didn't mean it like that at all. I just wanted him to understand that she loves him and wants to spend time with him and he doesn't need to promise impossible things to make that happen. But I can see why he interpreted it that way. And that's where I'm wondering if I'm the asshole. This has been an unspoken thing in my family's for so many years, so I'm wondering if I should have just kept it that way. I just can't stand the thought of my little girl getting disappointed so many times. My sisters and my mom agree with me. My mom even said she wished she stopped it when we were kids. Hadn't thought of that. So, am I the astronaut for telling my uncle to stop gifting my daughter extravagant trips? Before we get to the update, let's talk about this for a minute. I think there are two routes that you can go with here. How old is the kid? Let's get into that. The kid is... My daughter's fifth birthday. She's five? She's five. Okay. I was going to say that the two different routes, one of them is talk to her. Explain to her how it was when you were a kid and just tell her not to get her hopes up. I don't know that a five-year-old is going to have the self-control to be able to do that. And your uncle forcing you into that position to have to do that sucks anyway. I understand why he's doing what he's doing. It doesn't make it okay. Doesn't make it okay at all. And this is a repetitive thing. This is not like a one-time thing. This is this is 100% of the time. It works every time. It's like, dude, just put five bucks in a card and call it good. Or just give her a card and say happy birthday. If, if they know you can't afford it, they aren't going to judge you for it. It's okay. It's okay. But gifting someone disappointment is a negative. You're gifting someone a negative. You're gifting them a cost. There is a cost for that. It's not a positive. And he's an asshole for doing that. Right now, it's hard for me to believe that he has any real intention of doing this because it's because it's chronic. Because he's done this a hundred times, if not more, and never follows through. It's hard for me to take that seriously and believe that he has any intention of actually doing this. So him doing this, knowing that there's a 99.99999 continuum percent of him not following through with it, I think makes him a real shit human being. Yeah, gifting heartache to a five-year-old. Cool, bro. Don't come to the party, man. If, it's, if, it's, if you're going to be there, you're going to do that, then don't go. 
is not a hard thing to do. And him putting you in that position where you have to, I get it. I would feel like I'd feel terrible. And if, if, if your dad now, Ellen started trying to, you know, make promises to, to your children, you'd be in this, this position where you're like, I don't want them to go through that. It's obviously left scars for you. It's it, OP has scars from this. It was gotten over it, but still, it's still a thing. It's a shit thing to do. I don't know. I don't know how to handle this OP. It'd be tough to explain to a five-year-old, but I think if you could go back in time, you wish you probably wish that your mom would have explained it to you so that you didn't have to go through with that. All right, let's get into the update. Update two days later. Thanks to everyone for your feedback on my last post. A lot of people asked me why I was being so nice to my uncle, and honestly, I think I underestimated how weird it was because it's been so normalized in my family. I didn't want to cause drama, so I went about it as non-confrontational as possible. I agree now I should have been more direct. Another concern a lot of you had was that I allowed this to happen to my daughter previously. That is not true. This is the first time he promised her one of those trips. That's why I decided to say something so this doesn't become a recurring thing. Here's the update. I tried to call my uncle twice, but he didn't answer. I got through to my aunt and explained everything to her, how many times he did this to my siblings and I, and how often we were disappointed. I told her my daughter was so excited and that if they were actually planning to take her on this trip, I would apologize. She didn't take that well. She told me I was creating unnecessary drama and that my daughter and I are acting entitled to expect them to drop everything to go on this trip. Entitled? Yes, I'm so sorry. I, I'm, I am entitled for expecting you to follow through on something that you said you would do. All right, so so um, going through the ant isn't going to fix everything. Noted. I said, how dare you say that? She didn't imagine this trip in her mind and then expect you to take her. You promised her this trip. Her disappointment is not entitlement. It's not my job to make sure a grown man feels secure in himself, and it's a shame my family spent so long coddling him. I was so mad I just hung up. I don't feel any ounce of guilt for setting my boundary anymore. For everyone asking if I can take my daughter on the trip, unfortunately, that theme park closes for the season this month, but I surprised her with something even better. After the phone call with my aunt, my partner and I decided to book a trip to Disneyland. Hell yeah. It sounds crazy and impulsive, but we've been wanting to plan this for a while now and decided it's the perfect time. My kid is entitled to an extravagant trip. Last night, we sat her down and explained that her uncle won't be able to take her on the trip. I tried to be as honest as possible without confusing her. She was unsurprisingly upset and had lots of questions. After we answered them all, I told her not to worry because mom and dad are taking her somewhere instead. When she found out it was Disney, she was over the moon. She spent all day deciding which Minnie Mouse stuffy she wants to take with her. I told her to tell her class her trip got upgraded. All things considered, it's a happy ending. I know I won't always be able to protect her from disappointment, but I sure as hell will do my best. She's getting that giant hotel room she was promised. Cool. Uh, yeah, good Good for OP. That is amazing. That is that is really, really cool. Um and yeah, the, the, the concern that I had there was, yeah, we can't, you're not going to be able to protect her from all this kind of stuff moving forward. So maybe this sets the bar a little bit at a crazy level, but, uh, but OP knows that. And I think this is probably not just about her kid. This is about everything she went through as well. And this is her celebrating the end of putting up with that shit. And I get it. I get it. Um, and the way that, that she went about handling this with the aunt and, Drawing the line in the sand and saying no more. It will prevent this from ever happening with her daughter again, which is great. This is what OP's mom should have done a long time ago. And I think OP's mom should have been involved here as well. OP having to go to bat for her daughter and OP's mom at one point saying, I wish I would have stood up for you back back in the day. But then not even standing up here and calling her brother and being like, what the hell are you doing to my granddaughter? You dick. No, she just said, I wish I would have done something and then didn't do anything. Cool. Uh, I feel like she should have been involved, probably still can get involved here to reinforce your boundary. And that would be extremely helpful, especially because uh, the uncle has the aunt brainwashed in this whole thing, too. So, yeah, aunt and uncle, we're going there. Ask on one. Heartbreak is not a gift. Disappointment, not a gift. That's a negative. Don't promise things you can't follow through on. It would mean so much more to someone to do something incredibly small than to do something that had a negative, right? I mean, there's, there's zero, nothing would mean more than the negative. No pain better than pain. It's pretty easy, pretty easy to figure out here.
Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another Reddit story for you. This one is called, Am I the Astronaut for Telling My Ex-Wife That Being a Part-Time Dad Has Been the Best Year of My Life? I don't like the way it sounds. I, male 36, met my ex-wife, female 33, when I was 25. We fell in love and the children came sooner than we planned, but it just happened and I loved the hell out of my children, female 9 and male 7, 5 and female 5. The first few years of our relationship were great, but then it wasn't. Looking back, it wasn't anyone's fault. We just became very different people. After female five, our sex life became non-existent. It felt like for my wife, the purpose of effing me was done now that we have three beautiful children. After three years, we started having sex again in the form of mercy handies in bed. It wasn't enough for me, but she told me that she is tired and busy with three small children. I was tired too, but I was more than prepared to make an effort to make plans and time for romance. Not only sex that suffered, but even intimacy and romance. I had a vasectomy so ex-wife didn't need to take unnecessary hormones because we were done having children. When it started affecting our children, seeing us very irritated and cold towards each other, I thought I should man up and pull the plug. We haven't been happy or intimate since before our second was born, and we haven't had real sex since we conceived our youngest. We should have ended it way earlier, but the guilt of breaking the children's home was heavy until I noticed that our home was already broken and my children aren't stupid. Not to see the the sellotape we're trying to hold it together with. I asked for a divorce. Everyone told me I was mad and to think about the children, and it was very hard in the beginning, yes. I left the house for my ex. I rented a two-bedroom nearby, and we started doing one week each. I was positively surprised at how much happier the children became seeing me happy and not easily irritated and brooding. I started seeing my girlfriend, female 40, about a year ago, and what was thought to be a casual one-time thing turned out to be the love of my life. She is amazing in every aspect, kind, loving, successfully funny, and so effing beautiful. She's child-free, and she was happy that I was done having children. On my child-free weeks, I can just be with her, just being me. Late breakfast in bed, morning sex, wherever I want in the home. I know it makes me sound like a selfish douche, but on my weeks, I give 100% because I'm content and happy with life. She has met my children too, and they adore her. Or Why this lengthy background? I'll tell you. My ex and my ex-mother-in-law and my own mother behind her have been hinting that maybe we should get back together now. The children are older, we are less tired and much happier now, so we aren't going to fight all the time like we used to. She wants a real relationship too, and she will give me as much sex as I wanted. Wow, is that really what she thinks I want? More mercy Fs for my sake? Think of the children. X is tired of being a single mom while I'm playing a bachelor every other week. Give them their old safe home back. No need for hopping from place to place. While the guilt was nagging at me, I rejected her advances and ignored her and the guilt because I'm happy for the first time in years, maybe ever. Until Friday when my girlfriend came home crying. She asked me if maybe we should break up and that she doesn't want to be in the way of my children's happiness. She asked me if I was still in love with my ex. It broke my heart to see her broken like I didn't do a good job showing her what she meant to me and how much I loved her. Turned out the ex-wife contacted her, telling her that she was the reason we weren't back together and that the children were suffering, and that my ex and I both loved each other and that she is my fun for now. Oh, lady, lady, lady. There's more to the story, but how in the hell does someone think, you know what's going to get us back together? Causing an immense amount of pain. Yeah, makes perfect sense, right? I called my ex livid and she called me selfish. I then told her that being a part-time dad was the best thing that ever happened to me because I'm a human, not only a father. My ex-wife started crying. I apologized for hurting her, but she hung up. Now I'm being bombed by my mom and the rest that I'm a selfish man and a terrible father. My mom even sent me a video with my children where she asked them how they would feel if mommy and daddy moved back together and they were so happy saying yes and jumping. Ooh, that's evil. Hold up. OP, your mom went straight here. That is a terrible, 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 terrible shit thing to do. Your mom is an asshole, OP. I can't forget my daughter's face lighting up with happiness at the prospect. The video was sent to my girlfriend as well, and now she is distant and broken. I hear her cry whenever she thinks I don't hear her. Am I wrong here? Am I being a terrible parent? What my family doesn't understand is that my children's happiness now is the result of me leaving our toxic, depressing existence, but how can you explain that to small children? Okay, I have said so many times in stories that kids will be happier with parents in two separate happy homes than one miserable home. I've experienced this myself. 
And yeah, the the fear and the guilt that prevents you from doing that in the first place when you finally do it and you realize that you're setting the bar for them and showing them that that they deserve to be happy someday. And if they're in a miserable relationship, they're not stuck in it and they can change things. They can change things to find happiness, to create environments that are fertile for happiness. They deserve to be happy someday too, right? When they saw you happy, they were happy. When even at mom's house, whenever it was less toxic, there wasn't fighting going on. Whenever they didn't hear yelling in the other room, whenever their parents weren't pissed off all the time. Now at mom's house, none of that is happening and they're happier there too. Mom's obviously not happy. We know that, but she's not fighting. There's not, there's not a black cloud hanging over everything and kids aren't dumb. They can feel that now they're happy because they have two happy homes. Your mom, your ex and your ex's mom wants to take that away. And the way that they think they're going to do that to you is by causing you pain and just using 100% guilt. Your mom using your kids as a weapon here is evil. That is a terrible thing to do. It is unacceptable. The fact that your mother used your children like that to lure you back into a situation that you were so incredibly unhappy in. To put your children back in a situation where they are going to be unhappy because there's going to be a black cloud hanging over everything is the dumbest shit that I've ever heard. And your ex going along with this, like she, like she thinks this is going to, I don't, I don't understand anybody like just advocating for this because the old school mentality of, of people sticking out for the kids way too long. Anyway, we know that, but once you realize that, that, they can be happier with two separate happy homes. I, maybe that's just something you have to discover for yourself and the, and the guilt that keeps you there in the first place and, and prevents you from breaking up that family is um, crippling, is debilitating. But the fact that you've got parents involved here who think that's the only way is warped. And now they're using your kids against you. If you <laughs> There's no easy solution here. There is no easy solution. How old are your kids again? Let's talk about nine, seven, five, and five. Yeah, that's tough. I don't know how you explain that to them. You shouldn't have to. And that's the shit part here. The position that your mother, your mother puts you in is garbage. I don't know how you explain it to them, but this is a terrible, terrible thing that they've done. So your question here, OP, is am I the astronaut for telling my ex-wife that being a part-time dad has been the best year of my life? No, you're not the asshole for that. You're not the asshole. You, you weren't saying that time off from the kids makes you happy. You were saying that being in an environment where you were allowed to be happy, even though you only got to see your kids part of the time, made you intentional with all of your time, and that made you a happier person and created a happier environment. And your kids benefit from that. Maybe you could have said it differently. Your relationship with your partner is the example that you set for your children for their lives later on. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder with an update to a Reddit story for you. This is an update for the I told my wife that being a part-time dad has been the best year of my life. Let's dive in. Thanks everyone for the advice and suggestions. I'm overwhelmed with the amount of support I got here. Here is my update, but before that, I want to address the elephant in the room, and that is that I have stepped on my toes with my bold statement about being divorced. I think the more expected and virtuous approach is to be devastated and guilt-ridden. My experience is something else, however, and I really tried to be genuine and honest here. Divorce is hard and terrifying. Many people, both men and women, hesitate and stay way longer than necessary because of one reason or another. I can't tell all unhappy people to get divorced since I don't know y'all's situation, but for those who can, do it. I was trying to explain what I have discovered. The positive side of having shared custody because only the negative is talked about. I'm sure many divorced people get what I meant by having every other week child free is awesome. We are humans with feelings. Our love for our children doesn't stop or take a break when they're out of sight. They don't need to be present for us to love and think about them. I will double down and say that being a part-time parent is just awesome no matter the gender. It is okay to feel that way. You are not a lesser parent for it. I have talked to my mother about what she did. She was very remorseful. Oh, 
Bish better be extremely remorseful. Apparently, Dad has had a talk with her about this, too. He was shocked at what she's done, and she seems to have realized the seriousness of what she did. I took her apology, but I was firm on my boundaries and that I didn't want her to be in my children's life for a while until I have sorted out their feelings and talked to them. She was reluctant to acknowledge my girlfriend, however, and I made it clear that after the children, she is my priority before myself and definitely before my mom. So how much she wants to be in my life depends on how much she respects my life and the people I love. Well done. Well done. Well played. I have talked to my ex-wife, too. I made it clear that under no circumstances is she ever to contact my girlfriend again. I told her that this was still a new relationship and any contact is going to be with me. I told her that my girlfriend has nothing to do with my decision of divorce. I have no romantic feelings for her and that I know she doesn't have any feelings for me either. She wants me out of convenience. I don't. She started crying and telling me that I didn't get to tell her what she's feeling. I agreed and apologized. I told her that I will only speak on my behalf. I want us to be friends and to raise our children to be great people and they're on the path to becoming that. I don't want them to be used as pawns in this sick game that she and the mothers are playing. I will not allow it and I will do whatever it takes to protect them. I suggested that we can start family therapy because I needed her to understand the turmoil her and my mother put our children through. I never want that to happen again. She told me that she didn't want my girlfriend to be in their lives yet because she didn't know her. Fair enough, but I reminded her that our agreement is that when a relationship is serious, that's when we introduced our new partners to our children. And this is going to happen eventually, so she better get used to it. I also talked to her about me not going to take her workload on her weeks, meaning that I won't be dropping by every morning to wake up the children and take them to school. She will have to start waking up in the morning like any other parent out there. Oh, wait, 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 he does that? He was doing that? About the food, I will always send home cooked food with my children on the weeks that they're with her because I know that I can't demand her to cook, but at the same time, I don't want my children to eat junk food. About me mentioning that her home is a pigsty, oh, you mentioned that? I know that my eldest daughter has mentioned that it, that it wasn't always pleasant at mommy's house, but again, now I don't live there to clean. I can't demand my ex to live in a way that she doesn't want to. I have, however, offered that the Fridays my children go home to her to spend the week, I will send a cleaning service so the children have a somewhat clean environment. She agreed. She was angry about having to wake up early because she usually starts work at 10 a.m. I guess she'll just have to adjust. About my girlfriend. Hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> she just wanted him to do all the shit that she wanted to do. That's it. She doesn't want to clean. She doesn't wake up, want to wake up early. She wanted him to be her nanny. And that's it. That's all she wanted him for. Hmm. About my girlfriend. We were supposed to spend the coming weekend together with the children, but I will respect my ex-wife's wishes for now. At least until we have gone to some sessions with the children and I can bring it up again. She is spending the rest of this week with me, however. I know that she feels guilty. I have tried to explain that she has nothing to do with whatever happened and that she was dragged into the situation without any reason because with or without her, I would never go back to my old life. That I left this marriage before I even knew she existed. I don't know if she believed me or felt reassured. She just said that she loved me. I apologize to her and I will try to make her feel comfortable with me again. I guess this is one of those tests that relationships hit and we shall see if our connection is strong enough to overcome this. I think it is. Excuse me. If I forget anything, just ask. Okay. The, the, the things that she doesn't want to do were issues when they were together, apparently for quite a while. So it's just, it's life changes that, that she's going to have to get over. And yeah, you know what? Whenever they split up, she had to take on more responsibility whenever the kids are with her. She has to be a parent. Holy shit. She doesn't want to be a parent. This is the problem. And she's using the kids against him, but doesn't want to do the work that is involved with being a parent. Okay. X, yeah. Have fun on your trip all the way to Ascon 1. Because you are a shite human being. <laughs> that is terrible to try to force somebody to try to sabotage someone's relationship just so you don't have to wake up earlier clean or cook. Also, OP, are you Schmidt? <laughs> he's like, he's like, you just want me to clean. Mm. Man, this poor guy. There was something else that I wanted to address in here. Um, I mean, OP sticking up for himself. I, I think this this is going to be tough, but but I, I do agree with the family therapy session. I hadn't thought of that before. That's going to be tough, but, but that's going to be a lot more effective at explaining to the kids the reasons that you're doing what you're doing, and you are the example for them. Your relationship is the example for them. Your happiness is the example for them, and you are doing the right thing here. Oh, it was him saying that uh, 
being a part-time parent when you're in a, a, a split blended family, uh, whenever you have your kids part of the time, it doesn't make you any less of a parent uh, here, here. And so many people need to hear that because you will always have the guilt of your kids not being with you when they're not with you. the unfortunate truth of the matter is that you get used to it. You get used to that pain. You do in the beginning. It is terrible. You never don't feel guilt for it, but you get used to it and you get better at dealing with it and you get better at communicating with your kids and you get better at being intentional whenever your kids are with you. And then as they get a little older, you can communicate with them even when they're not with you. And it, it works. It works. And guess what? Your kids will be happier for it because when they're with you, it's a happier, more concerted effort. It's intentional time. It's not just being present in the same house with someone while a bunch of bullshit's going on. It is intentional time, and it's good. It doesn't make you less of a parent. Many times, it makes you a better one. And your ex better suck it up because she's not seeing it this way. She's saying, well, I have to get up early now, and I have to cook, and I have to clean. Yeah, um, welcome to adulthood, I guess. Put your big girl panties on and uh, do the work. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another Reddit story for you. This one is titled, Am I the Askonaut for not wanting to plan a vacation without my kids? My husband and I have a three-year-old. I have two teenagers from a previous marriage, ages 14 and 16. My husband will plan vacations with just me and our three-year-old and exclude my two teens. I asked him to stop making plans that do not include all of us. He says, well, they go to school, which they do, but I noticed he deliberately plans them during school days. I am a stay-at-home mom and work for him in his company where needed. He is the sole provider. He says that since he's paying for the vacation, he sees no problem to get to enjoy time off when he wants to. I told him it was unfair to the other two. He says if I want to bring them, then I need to ask their father to pay for their portion of the vacation. Am I being sensitive because I am the mom? My two teens are hurt by it because they want to go and they feel left out. When we fly, he seats us three, himself, me, and our three-year-old in first class and sits my other two anywhere he can find a cheap seat. If our daughter was older, say 10, he would still put her in first class, I'm sure. I know it's hard to believe, but I have a good, nice, respectful teens. He just stopped liking them once we had our own. I told him I didn't want to go on vacation without them. I understand a grown-up getaway is nice now and then, but to purposefully exclude them, not nice. And I don't think it's fair to ask their father for money for a vacation we decided to take. Also, he won't help watch the three-year-old so I can get a part-time job and pay for their portion. So making my own money is hard to do with a little one. Oh, so he wants to fully control you and then exclude your kids. Cool. Uh, Yeah, no, he's an asshat. That's all there is to it. We've got some additional comments from OP to go through here. Additional comments from OP. When asked if she voices her disdain for the disparagement and treatment of her kids. Finally made it. My kids know that mom does not stay quiet. Sometimes they wish I wouldn't say anything from fear of making things worse, but I shake from anger, frustration to see someone being unfair to my kids. Life will already be shitty. I don't tolerate it from those who are supposed to love them. Of course, I sit them down and talk to them. It makes me just as sad that he shows them no love. It's heartbreaking. My kids know that mom does not stay quiet. Comment, as a stepkid who ruined the picture-perfect life of a new mom, this hurts. I dealt with similar first-class, second-class hierarchy when they had a new baby and then two more. Being told you're not important or being shown like the plane situation ruins a kid, like destroys our heart, soul, self-confidence. The constant wonder of why you're not enough when all you did was exist makes it hard to form a healthy adult mind. Not to bash you, mom. It's perfectly normal and fine to want to continue growing your family, but it's literally all or nothing when it comes to a blended family. He knew you had kids. That's his family now. By doing all of this, he just sucks. As for their father, your finances are between you two. It's not his responsibility to pay. Just as if they're with him and he planned a trip, you shouldn't have to. I'm sorry this is happening, but you do have three kids under one roof with this man. It's not fair to them to be treated this way. Original OP's response, I agree. If I knew then what I know now. But life doesn't work like that. He's 50 and didn't think he could have kids. So when we came into this life, it was like, wow, to have a family. It was great until sister came along. To me, my kids are equal. 
can't love one more than the other. I feel anger and betrayed at how he has changed. He will be alone. Trust me. My kids love me. Everyone makes mistakes. Some are just not as easy to get rid of. My kids are happy kids because I do everything to make their life peaceful and happy. If not, they would have already left to their dads. I've always given them that option. We have a strong relationship and they have no hesitation in expressing their feelings with me. They have a strong mom who defends them tooth and nail. I I I understand the sentiment here, OP. However, I feel like if that were truly the case, your kids never would have sat coach while you were in first class. I know you didn't have a lot of control over that situation, but we've had similar circumstances or similar stories where where somebody was seated in coach and the person refused to sit first class and said they would go sit coach or refused to get on the plane. So you still went through with it. That's the shit part here. He didn't force you onto the plane. You still let it happen. So you can say that you're a strong mom who defends them tooth and nail, but you're going to have to fight harder by refusing to go, by refusing to play this game, by refusing to take part in any activity where there is favoritism shown and they are hurt by it. You cannot let those things happen because you're an accomplice to them. If they do, can't, you can't let it happen. I understand, like, he, he made this trip, he he booked the seats, he did everything, but don't go. Refuse. That's the flag planted, that's the line in the sand that your kids will truly appreciate. Don't let it happen. And right now, your hubby thinks he can force you to do these things because you'll follow along. Stop following along. He won't do it again. You have to create a more firm boundary. <sighs> the shit part is, now you have a kid with this guy. And uh, if he's not respecting your children, you shouldn't be with this guy. You're going to have to deal with him for the rest of um, for the rest of his life uh, because now you have a child together. So you're going to have to deal with him at some point. But, but it's complicated. Blended families are complicated and they aren't at the same time. It's it's hard. It's hard to explain, I guess. But but, you know, two of our kids are with us almost all the time. And when the rest are with us. Nobody's better than there's no hierarchy just because just because two of the kids are with us all the time. It doesn't work like that. They are all our children. We love them all equally. We're all going to do things together and we'll plan vacations and trips around when everyone's going to be with us. What he is doing and intentionally excluding them and finding bullshit reasons for it is unforgivable. It is a package deal. One of the commenters said that it's a package deal. It's all or nothing. He chose to be with you. He chose your family. If he's unchoosing them, he is unchoosing you. That's how that works. And maybe you need to explain that to him. If he's choosing to treat them like that, he's choosing to treat you like that. And you won't stand for it. You won't stick around. Have to communicate it. So the question here was, am I the astronaut for not wanting to plan a vacation without my kids? Of course, you're not an astronaut for not wanting to plan a vacation without your kids. You would or will be an astronaut if you actually go through with it, even if you don't want to do it. There's vocally opposing and still doing it. And that's that's still complicit. Like if you're going to if you're going to oppose it, you have to fully oppose it 100 percent. Yeah, which he's controlling everything, and that's the problem here is that he's controlling everything, but he can't force you onto that airplane. Can't force you into the car to go take the trip. Cannot force you to go do things. They can book the tickets, and there can be an empty seat, or he can be the only one on the plane. Know what I mean? Yeah, not, uh, not a fan. He is a shit human. You don't get to do this. You don't get to treat kids like they're, like they're second class because they aren't yours. You chose this family. It's garbage. Now, now with blended families, like communication, especially I think it's just kids in general. When they become teens, like communication gets tough with teens in general. It's not just because it's going to be like all, all kids aren't easy to communicate with. The teenage years are tough, but it's tough for all of them. I don't, I just can't imagine being like, okay, we're only going to take vacations whenever we have just a couple of the kids and leave these two out. Like that would be a terrible thing to do. It would be terrible. Chrissy Grafton, my teens tell me anything. I think it's a less of like them opening up to you and more of everything seeming combative. <laughs> I'm like, how did you just look at me and tell me to fuck off three times? I don't understand. It's amazing. It's a gift. It is a gift. Hey, we hit that lightning gold bolt already. We're going to go ahead and give some thanks for that and then jump to our last story, which has an update. It does. It has an update. <laughs> Hey, 
Hey there, it is Dusty Thunder with another Reddit story for you. This one has an update and it's sad. Fair warning. Title is, my husband came to terms with his death and I just can't deal with it. Yeah, well, that sounds like it's going to be sad. Originally posted August 18th, 2022. I, female 42, have been married to my husband, male 38, for over 10 years. When we met, I was 24 in a club. Ever since I knew him, he could never accept any health damages. He fell from a ladder from two meters or so, went into the hospital just because I insisted. When he was 25, he started to complain about his knee hurting really, really bad when he bends it. Took me five years to send him to the doctor over this. He ended up having surgery after, which he was supposed to rest for two months. After two weeks, he was back at it, working out and jogging. Two years ago, he was diagnosed with leukemia. He straightaway stopped smoking after the diagnosis and worked out even more than before so he could try to boost his health. It didn't help at all. And last month, his health went downhill. He got all pale and he got weak to the point that I had to help him upstairs on a few occasions. Two days ago while dining, our daughter, 15 female, asked him if he could take her hiking to the Alps next year. He just said something along the lines of, I'm not sure if I'll still be around by that time. I held my cool. After that, our daughters left to go to sleep and I blew up on him. I just started screaming. I can't even remember exactly what it was anymore. Something like, from the moment I met you, you never gave in to any health condition. You always overcame everything. And now, from out of nowhere, you accept your own death? Normally, he would raise his voice at me saying, we are not animals in this house, so we will not scream at each other. But not then. He just glared into the corner of the kitchen and said nothing. And when his eyes started watering, my heart shattered into a thousand pieces. At that moment, I knew I only had a short time left with the love of my life, and I will forever regret blowing up at him. Edit, I apologized for everything. He told me I didn't even have to, and that it's only natural, and that stages of grief are a real thing. To all the people saying he deserved it because he was smoking, I hope you never have to go through something like this. At first, I didn't even want to edit anything here, but seeing how many people showed their sympathy, I needed to say thank you to all of you. We had a long talk today, and I decided to arrange bucket list days for him, so he enjoys the last few months that he has. Update, 14 months later, October 26th, 2023. I haven't really had the intention to post on here again, but my therapist thought it might be therapeutic to do so since it helped me last time. My kids are at my late husband's parents, so I've had some wine to give me the will to actually write this down. As you might have guessed from my previous text, it happened. My husband died about six months ago, and I miss him so damn much. I've wanted to thank all of you who suggested grief counseling. Me, my late husband, and our two daughters attended about two months after my original post, and without it, we would most likely be more destroyed than we already are. I also wanted to thank the person who suggested that my husband film videos for our daughter's life goals. We together made some videos for their graduation, marriage, first child, and other major life goals. It actually took us much longer than it could have because it was just too hard for us. The realization of the fact that our life together was over was just so hard. Now to the happy part, before the love of my life got really bad, we tried to do as many things from his bucket list as possible. I never thought I could enjoy so many things that I wouldn't care for otherwise, like MMA. It was his passion for such a long time, but he never actually saw a fight in person. We finally went to the castle in the center of our city for the first time after living here for six years. Never had the time. Now we had all the time in the world for ourselves and our kids. We traveled a lot. We went to see the Stonehenge, such a curious sight. After that, we went to see the fjords, which fascinated him so much. We went to see the Northern Lights, too. It was just so beautiful. We couldn't stay long anywhere so we could get back from my husband's therapy, and the girls had to go to school. We also got to see the Colosseum and some more great sights. I hated myself for quite some time after the events of my last post. When he was still alive, he mentioned it only once, told me not to worry about it, that it was just the silent thoughts said out loud and that he doesn't want me to ever worry about it again or he'll haunt me. Some of you may think that it was not nice, but we used to have a specific humor, and we have one rule in our house. As long as it's funny, it's allowed. Also, if the person who is the butt of the joke finds it funny, it's okay. He got really bad about a month before passing. I mean, when we were traveling, he was in a wheelchair, but that was only for long walks. But the last month, he already couldn't move without it. I hated to see him in that state. It hurt both me and our daughters. It was just so painful. And I also saw the pain in his eyes. He was so angry that he couldn't go by his own way. Euthanasia is not legal where we live. He was always a pro. I didn't used to be. But now, when I saw how much in pain he was, I would do anything just for him to feel better. He deserved to choose his own way out. What he didn't deserve was to spend his last days in pain or under drugs. The last moments our whole family was with him, with my parents and in-laws too. 
In one of his last moments, he told us all how much he loved us. I tried to be so strong for our girls, and I was. I stayed together until after his funeral. After seeing him lifeless, I broke down knowing that it's all over. But at least he didn't feel pain anymore. I will never forget you, Patrick. I will forever love you. You are my light in this dark world. And you were the fire that kept me from freezing. Now I will try to be as good of a support you were to me, to our daughters, who love you so much. Miss you. Candy Thunder left some thoughts on here for us. She said, uh, this story made me incredibly sad. It's heartbreaking. But it also reminded me that life is never promised and not to take things for granted. We don't normally share stories such as this one, but it just felt like it needed to be shared with the world tonight. It reminds us to love our loved ones harder and let the small stuff go because in the end, it's not what matters. And I would add to that because life is fleeting, because tomorrow is not guaranteed, because we don't control this crazy train of life. Choose you choose to be happy. Don't settle for anything because you're going to regret it at the end. I think it's easy to get to get into these spots in life where you feel stuck and you feel like you like you don't know where things are going and you feel helpless and you feel you feel like you're just floating or you don't know. And I think that's one of the scariest things is just not knowing, but we don't get to know. There's a lot that we don't get to know. But I think if I think if I'm personally doing one thing right, it's living 110%. And I think there's plenty that I do wrong, plenty. I do a lot wrong. I screw up a lot, but at least I can say that I'm giving 110% all the damn time, no matter what I'm doing. At least we chose us. We choose happiness. We continually choose happiness. And I think it's it's so, so, so important for people to do. Today, whatever it was, tomorrow can be different. You get to choose in every single damn moment. Every decision is a choose-your-own-adventure. You get to choose which direction you want to go. And if you don't like the direction that it's going right now, make a different choice next time. And little by little, you can move the direction that you want to go. You get to choose a thousand times a day who you want to be. You. And then in the end, you don't. You don't get to choose the timing. You don't get to choose how things end. You don't. There's a lot of things that you don't get to choose. So, so for the things that you can choose, don't leave it on the table. Control what you can. Don't let life happen to you. Happen to life. Be intentional with every damn thing that you've got because there will come a point that you wish you had been. And I hope I never get, I mean, obviously everybody has an end. I hope I never get to the point where I regret not doing things differently. Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content, and if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, you can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com, and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the astronauts today. Thanks again.